0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You can rest assured here there's no cult going on because it's all Bible. That's when you got to watch it. Lots of other motivations going on in the world today, including inside the church. And it should be Bible, 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 Bible. People come to me at the door and they'll say, man, I never heard that before. That's the Bible. These are Bible verses. And this message is a call to action. We're still under Matthew 5, 37, but let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. But this is a call to action. James chapter one, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now I want you to see both the inspiration and the danger in that verse. Do not merely listen to the word. If you only listen to the word, you will deceive yourself. we little quiet on that. Not one Amen. If you only listen to the word week after week, Sunday after Sunday, year after year, and there's nothing happening, then you're not being consumed. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Things are supposed to be radically changing in your life. Radically changing. Doors should be swinging open for you to minister. Quiet. See how I make a room quiet? Because you know, here's the thing. A lot of pastors, they'll come up to you and only talk to you about Jesus. And not about you. Jesus is done. He's got one job left. He's coming back. The covenant is complete. The lamb portion of the covenant is complete. He died on the cross for you and I. Done. Finished. The lion's coming back. James chapter 2 verse 18 says this. But someone will say you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. See how it gets quiet. Do you know why, they it? do you know why it's quiet in here? I tell you this is a very different church now. I'll respond to you. I'm not going to just go off my sermon notes. I'll respond to you. You know why it's quiet? Because most of us cannot show our faith by what we do. It's only by what we say. James 2.26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Your faith should be a faith of action. This is a call to action. Things are not just going to happen, and things are not just going to not happen. You are going to have to take action. Or nothing's going to happen. Well, you know what? You know, you never know times or seasons with the father is putting his own authority. How much longer are you going to lean on that verse when nothing happens in your life? It it, it says there's just some things, some things that are his that we don't know about. But binding and loosing is yours. Asking is yours. Provision is yours. You have to tithe to get it. Take action. James chapter 2 verse 24. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. How much longer are we going to sit around waiting for a revival? You don't have to wait for a revival. You have to plant seed and the seed is the word of God. I don't know what to do. Pray. Stop scrolling and pray. God, what would you have? You, 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 you spend time fasting and praying. If you look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, how bait this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting, has nothing to do with moving God. It has to do with you breaking down the walls of unbelief so that you can see what God is doing. Most of us are blind. In these beginnings of sorrows, in these end times, what are we commanded to do? Take action, not batten down the hatches. The word never changes. Does the word ever tell you to batten down the hatches? To stand still. Jesus Christ is the same. And Jesus is the word. John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 14. Jesus is the word. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, the word is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The word does not tell us to batten down the hatches. Because the world is scary. It tells us to take action. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. For I am the Lord, I change not. Malachi 3, 6, Matthew 24, 35. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119, 89. We are to take action. What kind of action should we take? Luke chapter 17, 23 and 24. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. See, action can also be a do not. Do not is action. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. Who will be saying those things? Come here. Look over here. Look over there. Those who are not preaching the gospel. And they may may be under the moniker of the assembly of God. They may, may be under the moniker of the church of God or the Baptist church, whatever it may be. They will say to you, look here, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And will deceive many people. It's not the Bible. If it's not the Bible, you need to flee. You need to run the other way. If someone tells you, well, you know, God doesn't really want you rich. Is that the Bible? Is it? It's not the Bible. I don't know where that. Well, you know, I want to be humble. That's not the Bible either. Are you supposed to be humble or a city on a hill? There you go. Can you be a city on a hill and be dead to the wall broke? Well, that's an attribute. You know, we're just, we're humble. So we're in the Bible though. God can, but I don't know if he will. That's not in the Bible. It takes a village. That's not in the Bible. Yeah, we believe that Bible verse, but you have to use wisdom. That's not in the Bible. I hear way more of those things preached than I do the Bible. And they will say to you, Look here or look there, do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part of under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. What that verse is telling you is do not be distracted. Now here's the thing it's being distracted does not mean this. Not being distracted doesn't mean this, that you're just hanging in there. Well, you know, I stopped sinning. That's it. Who's going to want to get saved? Who's going to want to get saved around you? If you're still the wee, weird freako you were before you got saved, who's going to want what you have? It's telling you, not being distracted does not mean just standing there. Not being distracted means that you are every day taking action. What does that mean every day? Early in the morning will I rise up to seek thee. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Yes. If you're not doing that, you're distracted. Oh, yeah. well, that's, well, Tom, you know, that's, that's an Old Testament verse. That's Psalm 11 through 3. Well, have you ever read 1 Thessalonians five, sixteen through 22? pray without, pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Do not get distracted. Here's a good way to get distracted. The very first thing the devil's going to try to do is pull you from church. Well, we have a right because we're offended. Every night my wife and I get together and we talk about how lousy the church is. Fantastic. Oh, you know, we're getting people to quit left and right. Well, really changing things inside the church because we've got so many people offended around us. That's good. Great will your reward be in hell. No, I'm not going to hell for that. Oh, really? There are six things the Lord hates, seven in our abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Get ready. It didn't even, you notice how God pulls off the hating of the thing and hates the sinner? Whoops! What? God hates the sin, not the sinner. Are you sure? That's another, that's another thing. That's That's as solid as it takes a village. Hates the man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Well, I'm right though. It doesn't matter that you're right. If you're, if you're causing dissension, you're wrong. It doesn't matter if you're factually correct. Well, no, Tom's a jerk. Aaron's a jerk. doesn't matter if that's even true whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it will be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the sea yeah but it's right because tom is a jerk oh that's gonna work on the day of judgment for you (laughs) enjoy the ride down to the bottom with the millstone around your neck but you can you can be very glad because you'll take people with you all because you're offended I don't really like the way that I was treated. Well, why don't you why don't you do a better job then? Most of the people I've ever seen be offended inside the church did a subpar job. We're late, refuse this, refuse that. Why are you offended? Do you ever really break it down and ask yourself why you're offended? Every time I'm offended, the Holy Spirit tells me, Why are you asking me? Why are you offended? And I'm too embarrassed to say it, and I repent. It's disgusting. You're being distracted. It says, look, and they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. Offense is one of those people. Is one of those things. Very, one of the very first thing, things the devil will do or carnal people will do is try to pull you from church. And here's the thing. I'm not, it's not just pull you from church church in general, pull you from the church you're supposed to be at. There aren't many churches like this. I'm surprised that wasn't louder because I can flat out tell you that there isn't. I can, I can tell you this. There isn't another church like this in Charlotte County. Go ahead. I loose you. You go and try every other week. Go try another church. You find one like this. And you're like, Tom, you're bragging. I'm not bragging at all. I'm just telling you, you know what I preach? I open the Bible. I pray. I say, God, how do you want, what do you want me to preach this week? He says, this is what I want you to preach. And then it's Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. All the other guys are typing them offline or trying to not offend. That's their doctrine. Their doctrine is not the Bible. Their doctrine is to not offend. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. This is the, remember what we're talking about is in the beginning of sorrows and in these end times. What would God have you do? What, this is, this is a call to action. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Is that what you do when you talk to your fellow church member? Do you provoke them unto love and good works? Or do you get out your disgusting vomit? Whoa! Oh, great. I mean, come on. You're 40. You're 50. You're 60. Nobody's getting saved around you. Does that not wake you up? Luke chapter 6, verse 43. A tree is known by its fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. If you're bearing no fruit, you're dead. A dead tree bears no fruit. See how quiet it is in here? See, because I have great expectations of you. I'm not here to sedate you. I'm here to call you into life. I'm here to resurrect you. You might, you might be 70. If you're 70 years old, according to the Bible, you got 50 years left. My spirit shall not strive with man forever. Yet his days shall be 120, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. Oops! yeah the AMA's wrong they're wrong average age of death in America went down to 77 there's people waltzing around all over Japan at 114 the richest country in the world everyone's dropping dead in their 70s because they believe lies for as he thinks in his heart so is he sometimes as you think in your heart it's dead And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know, sometimes the greatest way to provoke somebody to love and to good works is to keep the mouth shutty. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut. All right, you know what? I saw Tom be mean to hope the other day. Okay, great. Now what are you going to do? Spread it around. He who covers an offense promotes love, but he who repeats the matter separates close friends. Whoops. Proverbs 17. Not forsaking, verse 25, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You should be more sold out to church than you have ever been. When you see the proliferation. A vaccine passports. We're in the European Union. You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. In Israel, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. In Canada, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. In Australia, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. In the largest city in the United States, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel That's your vaccine QR code passport. You have to go to church more. Not batten down the hatches. Well, we need to you know, get ourselves together. You know, we need to be ready. We get together. If you want to turn this thing around, it's going to take agreement. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my father in heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Get together. I don't want Joe Biden to be president anymore. Well, then get somebody to agree with you and target the presidency. It's got nothing to do with violence. It has to do with spiritual violence. No baby butcherer should be occupying the, the Oval Office. I mean, I know that some, a lot of you watch the podcast, but have you ever looked at the real numbers? What are the real numbers going on right now in the world that Joe Biden every day advocates? He advocates a lie every day. So does the Democratic Party and so do a lot of the limp-wristed Republicans. you know, this is a pandemic of the unvaxxed. That's a bold faced lie from the worm written pits of hell. Amen. You see the numbers? I'll run them for you. This is from the British version of the CDC last year in the last three, in the last two weeks of September. So you got so I'll just make it easy. September, 2020 versus September, 2021. What were the numbers? Last year, they had 571 deaths in Great Britain in weeks 36 through 39 of 2020. 571 COVID deaths. How many have they had this year? Three freaking thousand in the same three-week period. 75%. Over 2,000 of those deaths are fully vaccinated people. It's all over. It's it's just suppressed by people with an evil power perv agenda. Those are the true numbers. It's exactly the same in Israel. It's exactly the same in Australia. 75 to 95% of hospitalizations are fully vaccinated people. Why are there more sick this year? Joe Biden is averaging 39,000 COVID deaths per month with the vaccines. Donald Trump averaged 32,000 per month without the vaccine. You know what those are called? Facts. So So how is it that this year in the UK... 571 people died of COVID week 36 through 39 and this year 3,000 did why? because the vaccine goes in there and turns your body into a conveyance of viruses it's called antibody enhancement syndrome it turns your antibodies which are supposed to attack a virus whenever whenever you're dealing with a mutational shift virus how effective was the flu vaccine last year at it's height? come on 40%. And that's from the people that are, the the ones that are pushing the vaccine. So what is it really? 4%? 0%? Yeah, 0%. You know why? Because the flu never stops mutating. Whenever you're dealing with a mutational shift, animal hosted virus, you cannot vaccinate against it. It doesn't work. Only God can heal it. Because what happens is your antibodies look at a mutational shift virus. They recognize it as a problem, but not as something to kill. They recognize it as something to attach to and spread it all over your body. Hence the reason that you had 3,000 people die in week 36 through 39 versus 571 last year. 75% fully vaccinated. And they're still putting it out there every day. These are lies. We need to be gathering together. Pointing those lies out. And calling out the devil. Praying that those principalities and powers of the air. Be pulled down in Jesus name. Let's do that right now. You ready? In the United States. Holy Father. Jesus. We come to you in Jesus name. And Lord right now. The couple hundred of us that are in this place, right now we pray Lord that you would expose the workings of the devil in the media, in the Democratic Party, in the Republican Party, in the Congress in the Senate, in the Oval Office in the CDC, in the NIH with Anthony Fauci Joe Biden, Kamala Harris Gavin Newsom and all the rest of them expose them to the world as the liars that they are in Jesus, until the work is done. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Done. That's what you do. second Peter 3 8. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. There's lots of Christians that batten down the hatches. Jesus is going to come back anytime now, so what do we got to do is just stay home. That's not the Bible. That's not what the word of God says, but do not forget. So in these end times, what are you supposed to do? Not forget this one thing, dear friends with the Lord. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. So you're supposed to still just act in the word of God. You want to get married and it's the right person. Get married. You want to have a baby, have a baby. You want to buy a house, buy a house. See how quiet it is when I say things like that? You've been conditioned. You watched all those ominous music Christian movies. Now whenever the end times comes, or you can see the end times, you batten down the hatches and get real conservative. That's not the Bible. What does the Bible say in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10? Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. God's going to spare us of almost everything. If you believe the way that I do, he comes back around Revelation chapter 14, right there. And you'll be scooped up from the earth and you'll disappear. It's called the rapture. I'm not not a pre-trib, I'm not a post-trib, I'm a mid-trib. You know why? Because that's the verse that says it. Everybody else is making stuff up or taking big leaps. I go with what the Bible says. Not what makes me feel good or bad. Whatever the Bible says. Sometimes it makes me feel good. Sometimes it makes me feel bad. But no matter what, it's true. Period. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not slack. But you need to remember something. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. In a thousand years of like a day. Now this is my opinion. And again, my opinion you can throw out. This is why I believe it. When it comes to 2 Peter 3, eight and 3, nine, This is why I believe that what we're looking for is a commonality of, of ingredients. Not a specific day. Because no one knows the day but God. Because I believe that even in the midst of it. No matter what. If you have a church that rises. You can, in Jeremiah 26.19 fashion. Cause God to relent. If you rise, if you want it, but you have to want it, God's not going to just do it. He has set up the covenant that he works through you. If he's not working through you, he's not working. There's certain things that have nothing to do with you. That's what Acts chapter one, verse seven is talking about. It is not for you to know times and seasons which the father's put in his own authority, There are certain things that have nothing to do with you. The day and the hour that he returns has nothing to do with you. But about everything else does. If you want something to happen, you are going to have to take action. Who wants somebody saved? Who knows somebody that needs to be saved that you are dying in your heart to see them saved? What are you doing? Any fasting going on? Prayer? Praying for open doors? Or are you just sending them tracks? You know, hiding them around the house. Oh yeah, there's a Christian track there. Yeah, that's easy. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter three verse ten but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. That will happen someday. Now we don't want that. I'm telling you right now, you don't want that in your generation. Because I can tell you there's a lot of not so pleasant things up to the 14th chapter of the book of Revelation. Where Jesus is given a sickle and harvests his church. We don't want that on our watch. 1 John chapter 2, 28 and 29. What other action do we take? And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Continue in him. But a lot of us, listen, don't continue in what you're currently doing unless there's a whole lot of fruit. If there's no fruit, stop what you're doing. Pray and reset. Yeah, one right. I believe it was from Jeff to my right. What about the rest of you? If there's no fruit, you need to reset. People should be getting saved and healed around you. You should be getting wealthy and paying for the indigents' bills. Not being indigent yourself and considering it an attribute. It is not. John chapter 5, 28 and 29. Do not marvel at this. And they're speaking of the judgment of God. Do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. This is going to happen. We are in the beginnings of things like this. The ingredients are coming together. But we can turn the tide. And here's the thing. You're seeing it already happening, are you not? Delta Airlines yesterday was forced. Believe me. Now I want to tell you something. Don't believe everything you see about that. What I mean is this. You couldn't be any more of a vaccine knee bender than the CEO of Delta Airlines. And the same thing with Southwest. Both of them pulled back for what reason? There you go. But that's how you win. Let the the NFL lose billions of dollars. See, all of this tyranny is coming for them too. I'm not talking just about the NFL. I'm talking about all the bourgeois elitist snobs like Roger Goodell worldwide. See, Roger Goodell... We'll need a doctor at some point in his life. I wonder if there will be any after they forced them all out. There's national shortages. 82,000 nurses in New York alone walked. 82,000 gone. Walked. They need us. We don't need them. What exactly do I need Joe Biden for? What, What do I need Klaus Schwab for? They, what have I ever gotten out of the World Economic Forum? Absolutely zero. So why on earth would I ever do what they tell me to do? They don't... Listen, they need you. Who's going to fix their computer? Who's going to fix Kamala Harris's computer? Kamala? There won't be anybody left for them either. Hit them where it hurts. Make it uncomfortable. Listen, it is uncomfortable. Why, why do we have... Uh, over a hundred ships sitting off the coast of Southern California because there's nobody to work. There's no truck drivers. Joe Biden's been sending everybody $600 a week. And by the way, it doesn't end just when the COVID money stops. Then they go on unemployment. He's trained an entire generation. And that's what's so pathetic about my own generation, running from 30 to 50 years old. They've all learned not to work. That's why you. That's why the. That's why the shelves are empty. All the goods are right there off the coast. Let them. Let them suffer. Take action. Now let's take a look at some specific actions to take. Forget the past. Forget the past, and that is not an option. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3:13 and 14. That is not an option. Listen to what it says. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press. Do you see the action? How many of us would categorize our walk with God as a press? I press. No, that sounds workspace. That's not the Bible. The Bible says press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards it. I'm putting great effort at it. Well, I'm saved by grace. I get it. But if you want to discover the power of God, you're going to have to press. If you want to to discover the benefits of that grace, you are going to have to press. You You will live as a nominal Christian for the rest of your life. There's people around you that you're supposed to lay hands on. There's people that God has designated you to go and save. But nobody's pressing. Forget the past. Most every person in here to some degree and to varying degrees is living in the past. If you're still mad at somebody, you're living in the past. If you're offended, unless you are currently at this very moment being offended by me which is highly likely you are living in the past this is not an option one thing i do the greatest soul winner in the history of the bible says this one thing i do you know we ought to do the one thing he did where do you get this from tom that this is not an option well let's look proverbs chapter 15 verse 15 all the days of the afflicted are evil But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. What does that mean, Tom? Most Christians are afflicted and consider it to be a badge of honor. Well, I was abused. Okay. Something horrible happened to me. And that's really set the course of my life. Uh, This happened to me. That happened to me. I'm trying to be nice right now. I'm not using specifics. And that has set the course. Well, my kids broke my heart. My church broke my heart. You're afflicted. And all the days of the afflicted are evil. Not some of the days. If you carry it around, you're like, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You're not supposed to live in it. If you live in it, it becomes evil. Look at my badge of honor. I was offended by the worship leader. I was offended by the pastor. I was offended by the pastor's wife. Whatever it is, a badge of honor. I'm just pressing on. I see, the, I see this all the time in the church. You don't think I notice, but I do. I notice who's offended, especially if I know you. And you stand back there, you know. We will overcome. What's, why, what do you need to overcome? You got a boo-boo on your feelings? Again, you're 50 years old and you have a boo-boo on your feelings. LA Angel's right there. Right there. LA Angel has got a whole swath of openings for 12-year-old girls. All for you. You're like, well, this isn't gonna get me out of being offended, then just you know what, stay where you want, then. Stay where you are. And you will see zero fruit for the rest of your life. All the days, and a matter of fact, you'll see evil come your way. If you consider it to be a badge of honor that you talk about being molested for the rest of your life, you're afflicted. Tom, how could you say that? There's people who have been victimized. I was a cop for twenty five years. You don't think I've seen victims? I've been victimized as a cop, all the days of the afflicted, if you go around and you say, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I was molested and it really, you know, set the course for the rest of my life. And now, you know, I, I I struggle in my marriage. I struggle in the physical part of marriage. I struggle with my sex life. You're afflicted. Why have you not let it go? Well, because it really deeply wounded me. I get it. I understand that. I've been deeply wounded in my life. No, I haven't been sexually molested. But there is no excuse. See how quiet it gets in here? When you actually call people out, you're not winning any souls doing that. I'm a sex I'm a uh, sexual abuse survivor. You just labeled yourself. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Where's the ambiguity? There's no ambiguity. Because the hockey coach molested you, it's not an excuse for the rest of your life to put a badge on yourself that says I'm half of what I should be. There's no reason for it. Listen, I'm telling you right now, nobody in here, in this room has been gossiped about more than me. I have been the bad guy my entire life. I don't know why God puts me there because I'm, have you asked my wife? I'm a pretty soft person. (laughs) I am, right? If there's anybody crying over anything in the house like a Hallmark movie, it's me. It's not Hope. (laughs) Norma and I are the ones who put the Hallmark movies on, or both of us are out there crying. (laughs) You might think, well, you just brushes it off. Well, I do now. It took a lot of training to get to that place. I used to ask Hope. I used to quit the church every week. I'm done. Finished. I'm just letting you know. I just drove off and the last time I've ever gone to that parking lot, I'm done. I hate Christians. (laughs) And you're going to compare yourself? You're going to compare yourself to me or be offended by me? I, I don't stop coming because you offend me. I get offended at the front door all the time. <laughs> I get badmouthed and thrashed, both publicly and privately. I don't quit. I'm not running around. Oh, you know I'm, have, I'm afflicted. But, you know, go get, the, get the MMA shirt that says affliction on it. <laughs> I'm not afflicted. I have a merry heart. Let's let it go. Oh, well, you know, somebody's bad and Somebody just left. So, oh, okay. Well, you know what? That's on them. Lord, I pray you touch them. Just tell them where they're wrong. Tell them where they're right until the work is done in Jesus' name. And I let them go. Let them go. All the days of the afflicted are evil. If you're offended, you're evil. If you're carrying around your victimhood, you're evil. Don't worry. I'm going to get to the good past in just a minute which isn't friendly either. But people consider their afflictions to be scars of honor. They're not. They're evil. That's the Bible. Oh, well, you know, we're going to form together a survivors group. No, we're not. Not here. You know, what we're going to group we're going to have here? Bible. We're going to have a sex survivors group. We're going to have a uh, alcoholic survival, alcoholic parents survival group. Why are you carrying that around you 70? Mom's dead. I never get how people are still offended by people who are dead. They're dead. How how much more revenge can you get? You're alive. They're dead. You win. (laughs) Enjoy it. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Amen. You're still in them. You're wrong and you're evil. See how the Bible can frustrate your theology? Well, we don't give any more to the church because we had a pastor who, you know, he Gave him Pastor Appreciation Day. Drove the Harley down the center of the church. And you know, the next thing you know, he has an affair with the secretary. Ah, la, la, (laughs) la, Ellie Angers right there. 12-year-old girls. Sign up. And in today's culture, you can just just identify as one. They'll have to take you. You can show up there as a 78-year-old bearded man and say that you're a 12-year-old girl. They'll take you. They'll be too afraid to take you. To not take you. Luke chapter 9 verse 62 says this, Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's any looking back by the way, good or bad, which transitions us into into the good past. This is not just talking about your bad past. Some of us have no problem letting go of our bad past, but most Christians live in their good past. Well, I remember back in the day we used to do that well, please just hit me in the head with a baseball bat and knock me out so I don't have to hear the rest of that sentence <laughs> I am so sick of hearing 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 and 80 year old believers come up and tell me about what they did 10 years ago why don't you just build monuments to yourself and burn incense to them It's no different than taking Moses' rod and making an idol out of it. See how quiet it gets in here? This is the Bible, folks. It's not just your bad past that I'm talking about. Listen to this, Isaiah 43, 24. God is speaking. He says, You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me, or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. So you bring to me all of your poop, gladly, but don't do one good thing for me. I surrender my bad past, but I don't surrender my good. Here's all my sins, Lord. But how about all of your talent? How about, how about all of your time? You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me, but you have lavished on me. But you have burdened me with your sin, or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. That's like all the people, whenever you open up, and that's why we never, it's not why, because I don't believe in it, it's why. Tom, can't we open up a clothes pantry? No. Tom, can't we open up a food pantry? No. You're like, I know all kinds of people, even people that Tom admires that have a food pantry. Don't care. I know some of you are shocked you're stunned you open up a food pantry what happens you enable people in the United States this is not India this is not India I'm not saying there's not an occasional person believe me our church gives out thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars in its its existence over the past 17 years hundreds of thousands of dollars to feed people but in the United States, I've been here. How many of you have worked among the homeless like I have? In law enforcement, 25 years. I've been with them. I've arrested them. I've had them in the backseat of the police car. I've dealt with them. I've dealt with them for 25 years. Here in Inglewood. Here in Sarasota. Here in Venice. There wasn't a one of them. that couldn't have pulled their way out if they wanted to. If they just had the desire to do it. Now there is an occasional one who's out there with the tinfoil hat on. He's lost his mind. That person needs to be cared for. That's not what a food pantry would do. You're like, Tom, you're hard-hearted. No, I live in reality. I've dealt with benevolence at this church for 17 years. I've had the homeless walk in here. And I've said to them, here's my only requirement of you. I will feed you every week. All you need to do is one thing. I didn't even tell them to get a job. See how sweet I am? I said, you have to do one thing. Show up at church every week. Once a week, Sunday morning. That's all you need to do. None of them do it. They all show up after church. They come in, they blow into church about 20 minutes after it when there's still some people lingering around and ask for me. And I always give them a shot. I say, okay, you know, I told you. You want my money? You want the church's money? You want us to, to help you? Then you need to come to church here. And we're not going to help you. It's your last chance. I feed them one more time. And that's it. And they come back again. And they come back again. Always hoping because they're just making a serve. Sur- they're, they're like all the soccer moms. That circulate from one Easter egg hunt to the other. Yeah. So I don't do those either. <laughs> you see all the minivans come out. Here they all come. They don't want to go spend $27 at Walmart to go buy their kids some marshmallow chicks themselves. So they just go. They plan out their, they plan out their calendar in the month of April. Well, this church has it this day. Now, if we leave right here, right now, the little Johnny, we're going to have to leave the Easter egg hunt early now. Because if we leave now, we'll get to the next one on time. No, we're just trying to win the loss. They never come back. I've done them I've handed out all the stuff they never come back Philippians 3, 8 and 3.3 3, 3, 3, 3 through 3.8 listen to this we're talking about your good past here's Paul for it is we who are the circumcision we who worship by the spirit of God who glory in Christ Jesus who put no confidence in the flesh though here's Paul's good past are you ready? Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. There's his good past. A Pharisee of Pharisees circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. The tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness. Faultless. Pretty good past, right? But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I don't want to hear that you were the trunk and treat coordinator at Okanobi Baptist Church for 37 years and retired. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. How many of you ever hear me talk about the past of this church? You won't hear, hardly ever will you ever hear me talk about the past of the church. Well, we overcame this, and well, we overcame it. has gone. Well, I remember, you know, we really dug in our heels and we really, it's gone. What's the next thing? But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss. What does everything mean? Everything. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Too many Christians worship at the monuments of their good past. And by the way, the monuments of their good past seem to age better than they actually were. John the Beloved did not do that. In the next six, seven minutes we'll be done. Let's look at John. They couldn't kill John, right? They tried to kill John. Couldn't kill him. Why? Because you can't be killed. The only thing that can kill you is martyrdom and that didn't even work with John. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. You are bulletproof. If you willingly lay your life down in martyrdom, God ordained martyrdom, that's the only vulnerability for you. One amen from my wife and one yep from Aaron. What about, what are you, what what is going on over here? That's the Bible. I just quoted to you. He gave them power and authority over all devils. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the Bible. You mean, Tom, I can just fly wherever I want. Don't have to worry about terrorism. That's correct. You can't be murdered. You have to willingly, because you are in covenant with Christ, a joint heir. Joint heir with Jesus means that you lay your life down the way he did. That's it. I willingly lay my life down for my friends. That's it. That's the covenant that you're in. So John, they couldn't kill him, so they sent him where? Sent him out to Patmos, right? Where he wrote the book of Revelation. Let's just look at a little snippet from there. Revelation 21, 4 and 5. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Listen to this. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, write, for these words are true and faithful. What happened? What would happen if John was not available? If John said, you know what, man, I saw Jesus, live with Jesus, walk with Jesus, slept on the ground with Jesus. And he said, yeah, that's my monument for the rest of my life. Done. No book of Revelation. He wouldn't have been in position to be able to hear from God himself right for these words are true and faithful. He wouldn't have been in position for any of those things. He would have had the hardness of heart of retirement. Yeah. There's not a soul in here who's designed to retire. Right. Right. You are not ever designed to stop working. Yep. See how quiet it gets? You say that in Florida? <laughs> you can retire from your working for the man if you want, but you need to be working. Listen to, it, listen to John's experience. This is a man who, look at 1 John 1.1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. So let's summarize. He heard Jesus, saw Jesus, touched Jesus, saw the transfigured Jesus, saw the miracles, saw the resurrected Jesus. And Acts chapter 1 verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. He saw all this. Let me me sum up. Heard Jesus, saw Jesus, touched Jesus, saw the transfigured Jesus, saw the miracles, saw the resurrected Jesus, and saw Jesus depart. And still did not retire. We retire when we ran a VBS for a summer. Well, I served in the church for 12 years. Did you ever hear Jesus, see Jesus, touch Jesus, transfigure Jesus, miracles, resurrect? Did you do any of those things? Well, I was the church secretary by the grace of God for 37 years, and that was it for me. Where's that in the Bible? What if John had made himself unavailable? I'll close with this what happens to you? Because if you, how many have been coming to this church for more than a week? Shout amen. Amen. All right, well, you're way above average. Most people don't come back. Most people don't survive a month. And then once even people who've been here 10 years get offended for stupid reasons and I don't coddle them and then they leave. Let me ask you this. What, what happens when a new revelation comes your way? Because if you sit in this church, one's coming your way. Because a lot of us, a lot of you, have come from churches that were ark churches. Saying, whatever it is, for the time will come. Summarize in 2 Peter chapter 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned to fables. A lot of people sitting in this room spent decades in churches like that. So you come here and you, every other word is not fantastic and awesome and church fam, better alone, your home, 17 cordoned off minutes of worship not one cross word ever said to you that's what you're used to what's going to happen when a new revelation comes your way what are you going to do You, Tom I thought you were talking about living in the past let me show you and when I say new revelation I'm not talking about something hokey I'm talking about the word of God itself I'll give you an example what happens to a Baptist in here when they start hearing eternal security is not real I want to name the verses please show them to me Let's debate. Shall we? Because I know that 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is entitled the great falling away. 1 Timothy chapter 4 is entitled the great falling away. Right. Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14 is entitled warning against falling away. Right. For the time will not come unless the falling away comes first. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to its wallowing in the mud. Written Second Peter chapter 2, 20 through 22. What do you do with that? That's a new revelation. And a woman meet me at the door. Well, I'm really good with everything you're saying except, you know, the whole losing your salvation thing. It's not my thing. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. That's the Bible. So when a new revelation comes your way that violates your theology, violate, here's the biggest one, that violates your image, violates your opinion of yourself. If a revelation comes your way that suddenly you discover, you know what? I wasn't the greatest parent in the world. What do you do with that? When I look at the Bible and I'm looking at none of the kids coming out of my house are saved, were you a great parent? No. All right, that's the truth. A tree is known by its... There you go. See, that's a new revelation coming your way. Now, what are you gonna do? Hang your head? No, you rise. You now start to apply the word of God. Go after and save those lost loved ones. Go after your lost daughter. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are This many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved.